Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Within the Lines would not be possible without Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast and has been how we have made our podcast for over two years now. Anchor has everything we could need to make a podcast. And if you were thinking about starting your own podcast, you definitely should take advantage of their resources. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. We have fancy mics. You don't need a fancy mic to use Anchor. When hosting on Anchor, you can even distribute your podcast to listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Wherever you want to listen to your podcast, Anchor does that work for you. You think me and Tyler are smart enough to figure this stuff out by ourselves? Absolutely not. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And of course, the best part, because me and Tyler are cheapies, Anchor is totally free. Anchor's been great for us. It's been what we have been using. Um, we highly, highly recommend it. And if you were thinking about making a podcast yourself, we encourage you to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Let's get back to the pod. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines. Coming at you on Monday, May 3rd, 2021. Today, Ty, I don't have very much remorse. Oh. And that's because we're reviewing without remorse. It's now, Michael B.B. Jordan. Now, with that being said, Jay, you sound real far away. Where are you at? Uh, I am currently in the beautiful uh, town of Chicago, Chicago, Illinois. I'm at the, the Swiss Hotel. Anyone wants to stalk me? I mean, I'll be gone by the time they listen to this. But I, um, not if I, I get it up the, quick. I, I called it the Swiss Odal, and um, I was corrected multiple times. That's okay. Um, uh, yeah, we're recording this over Discord. Yeah, not in person, uh, but great movie we're talking about. Um, yeah, and also great Marvel. A word you could use. Yeah, some Marvel news. Uh, they released their upcoming movie schedule that hopefully won't be changed because of any ongoing or new pandemics. Um, so that's exciting and a little bit of a uh, fantastic Ford tease at the end. I don't know if you caught that. I did. It's the only one without a date. Yeah. So, uh, we got a lot of news, Ty. Let's, Let's get, get into, into the it. show. 20, 20, 10, 
don't feel so good. Hulk! Smash! Hey, look up. You can put it on the board. Yes! Alrighty, Ty, so we have the official release dates of, what is this, nine upcoming, ten upcoming Marvel movies, MCU movies? Yes. That is that is spectacular. Um, so Marvel, they, they put out a Twitter video today. I'm sure they put it on other mediums as well. Um, just kind of going through, showing a little bit a little bit of footage for some of the movies that already have footage, which is only the first three, but still, some of it was new. We'll talk about that in a sec. Um, but they went through. First, they had to give us a little little bit of a teary eyed opening, talk, showing the uh, the theater reaction to the Avengers Assemble. I appreciated that, especially um, with Stan wonder, Lee talking over it. Got me yeah, teary eyed. Exactly. I wonder how that discussion went because they obviously used like a fan's footage. Like, did they have to ask permission? to use the fans footage of the movie he wasn't allowed to record in the first place. Be like, How does that work? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to send you to jail or we're going to use your footage and call it even. <laughs> that's what I thought when I, that's just the stupid shit I think about. <laughs> um, so yeah, Black Widow, which we already knew about Shang-Chi. I'm pretty sure we already had a, a somewhat timetable. I don't know if they had an exact date before this. Um, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Eternals, Spider-Man, No Way Home, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Those were all kind of, and I think Thor, too, did... I don't know if they had exact days, like I mentioned, but I know there was, like, a, a somewhat timetable. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, as it's being called, July 8th, 2022. Uh, the Marvels, which is Captain Marvel 2, um, looking like it's going to be her and Miss Marvel, which yep. we all expected. November 11th, 2022. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, a little upset they didn't change that one. Uh, February 17th, <laughs> 2023. And then Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, May 5th, 2023. So that's a lot of movies, Ty. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. Um, they also right, yeah. flash Fantastic Four right at the end without a date. And I, I just, I get building hype, but you're releasing dates. You just leave that one off if you don't have a date yet. <laughs> yeah, I know Riley didn't know if that was them saying it was Phase 4 or the Fantastic Four, but I was like, it's so perfectly the Fantastic Four logo. There's no way that's Phase 4. Oh, um, yeah, 100%. But I maybe... They're just trying to tease the fans. They tease their fans and all their content anyways. Um, and then don't commit to a date yet because all these dates, you know, obviously are going to be tentative with the world we live in now. Um, hoping they all stay the same because if so, Ty, we, we got a July movie, which not too excited for me personally, but that's okay. It's still a um, movie. Did we have, what was that? It's still a movie. Like, oh yeah. Not absolutely. that excited, but I'll take anything. New content that still is going to set up the next phase of marvel because they would never release it at this point if it didn't mm -hmm. um but then we got the september release we got the november release both early months so that's two months boom new movie and then another two months boom new movie spider-man oh three months after that boom doctor strange two months after that not even two months like a month and a half boom thor love and thunder and then we have another what two months black panther and then a little bit of a layoff again till the marvels in november and then another two months three months boom Ant-Man. I'm going to be so excited for that. And then another two, three months, boom, Guardians of the Galaxy. It's just the farthest we have to go with no Marvel content. And this is on top of new shows that they might release during these time frames, all the shows that they've announced but have not given a timeline yet, you know, Ironheart, all those kind of shows. That's what um, I was going to say. Those could be sprinkled in there. Yeah, so I, think the, I think the big gaps, the, like the few months gaps between movies, that's just going to be fucking nonstop shows. And, man, it, it's just great because we've been deprived – we haven't had a Marvel movie since what? Well, I don't even remember the last one. Far From Home? Yeah. Is that, that, was that was so long ago. July 2019. Coming up on two years. It'll be two years in between 
that and Black Widow, like that's crazy. Man, they got a lot of catching up to do. But like we said in previous episodes, uh, this allowed real life to catch up with the uh, five year gap to 2023. So knowing how they make movies and how all these movies will probably happen around the same time. By the time we get to the 2023 Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania and Guardians of the Galaxy 3, we might be caught up in real life with the five year. Not that it matters. It doesn't really matter, but that's just funny to think about because, yeah, you know, how like, far ahead they went. They got forced. They, they did a time jump and then just coincidentally giant gap between not releasing movies that's out of their control. Yeah, now they could do if they want to make topical jokes about whatever's trendy because they sometimes love to do that. Um, I'm excited though. Um, this is I'm excited. I I don't know which movie I'm excited the most for. Probably Spider Man, but I don't know if we're gonna get this whole big multiverse with all the the different Spider Mans and everything like we were expecting. Mm-hmm. Eternals, we got new footage for that. Um, with Chloe Zhao, best director winner, um, best picture winner. And, and um, correct me if I'm wrong, that's like the first footage. Yeah. No. Yeah. We Unless haven't seen anything. Small leak that I didn't see, but that was the only thing in it. And like O'Reilly pointed out to me, it looked very artsy. Um, I don't know if that'll be the case. Chloe Zhao obviously just won for an artsy movie. If she's gonna, if that's her style, she's gonna continue to do that. If they're gonna kind of get a little more cinema, cinematography out of it, um, cinematic. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm excited though. It should be good. And and my boys in it, Camille Nanjiani. Is just that, is that how you say just his name? fucking jacked. That's exactly how you say his name. Heck yeah. Um, I'm stoked. I think that one might be... That's the one I don't know much about that I'm most excited for. I mean, all these other ones are sequels besides Shang-Chi, so I guess I kind of know about all of them. Um, it's it's a good stretch. It's a great stretch, actually. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of, uh, you know, tentative on Shang-Chi, and then they dropped the trailer, and I was like, that looks like it's going to be a fucking blast. And then I see Eternals, and, you know, you have a Best Picture winning director, at the front mm-hmm. of it, you have a great cast of people that threw out different medias, whether it's Game of Thrones or like Camille, you know, just a bunch of different people that I love in different things. And then the footage they did show, it looked really pretty and it looked like very much like a team kind of movie, yeah. um, which, you know, the only other kind of things were like, you know, those kind of films are Guardians. So I don't mm-hmm. know if we're going to have like a fun kind of family vibe like Guardians or what, but it just it looks fun. Um, yeah, man. And then it you looks, get fucking they, Spider-Man and Doctor Strange and Thor, and it, it's just it's just going to be so much fun. I fucking love these movies. They have to have some sort of, I don't know, family, but some sort of comedic element in Eternals, because you don't cast Camille Nanjani and not use his comedy, because he is, to me at least, one of the, the funniest actors in Hollywood. So just the way he could turn shit into chicken shit into chicken salad, honestly. I mean, wow. I rewatched Stuber, and it wasn't as funny as I thought, but the first time through... Because of Camille, it was fantastic. He's so great. I'm excited. He's fucking um, great at what he does, man. And it's just great to get him. I just can't wait to see him share the screen with some other people. Um, and then Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. I wanted to touch on that. Obviously, you know, Chadwick no longer with us. Um, speculating on what they're going to do. I mean, Marvel confirmed that they're not going to... Well, first, they confirmed they were going to recast. And I think they confirmed recently that they weren't going to, like, digitally add him or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be Shuri. And it's. I, I still think that... You know, Chadwick's, why can't I, T'Challa, his character is probably going to be dead in the MCU or they're going to do something. I don't think they're just going to pretend like nothing happened, you know, especially with the name Wakanda Forever. Um, yeah. I think there will be some sort of character, and it, it doesn't even have to be like a, a funeral or anything. It could be a very subtle, like Paul Walker in Fast and the Furious, what was that, Seven, where it was mm-hmm. like a very subtle death thing. I, I don't think they'll have him in the whole movie, obviously, but it, it I don't. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what they do. 
Yeah, it's, you know, it depends on if they do a send-off without, you know, killing him or something in some sort of way. Um, if they just flat out don't address it, would be kind of weird. Yeah. Um, but it'll be interesting, and I'm sure there'll be a, a fantastic tribute for him and whatnot um, alongside that movie. Um, just paying respect oh, yeah. to him and everything. They wouldn't do something like this without, you know, keeping, you know, his legacy and what he's done at, at the forefront um, mm-hmm. and respecting him throughout that process. It'll be intriguing to see which direction they go with it, though, for sure. Yeah, and they almost, they can't, like, straight up kill him off because if, like, a bad guy kills him, then it's like, okay, well, is that the villain of the movie? And that's just kind of, like, distasteful, I feel like. Yeah. Um, and if you even don't even have him as the villain of the movie, however he dies would be like, we've seen him fucking go toe to toe with Thanos and stuff. Like it's like, okay, so he died from some guy and then we're just not even going to talk about this guy who killed him. Like, I don't know if it's going to be like a sacrificing thing. If it's going to be a, they're going to come out with a title card, like, cause they could come out with a title card, obviously, you know, for Chadwick, you know, blah, blah, blah. But the MCU, they're still going to want to keep Canon. I feel like, and if they just like, if they do a thing in the beginning that's like, you know, for Chadwick, you know, he's obviously not in this movie, whatever they say, you know, in a much more eloquent way, it, it's still not going to seem right in the movie itself, even if you have that kind of warning at the beginning. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. Yeah. The only other thing I could think of is they they do almost like a, a Star Wars type thing where the movie opens with, you know, a title cards text or whatever explaining, um, you know, like T'Challa is out of the country or some shit like, you know. Because Star Wars, they always set up their stories at the beginning with just text. Like, this is what's happening. Yeah, yeah. This is where everyone's at. If they do something where it's just like, he's not in Wakanda. He has no way to contact Wakanda. And this story is going to take place strictly within the city. And we'll, you know, we'll figure it out in the future. But he's not dead. He's just unavailable for the movie type thing, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting. Yeah. And then the next one, The Marvels. Um, that releases right after it. Captain Marvel 2. I like what they did with that. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's going to grow interest for the Miss Marvel TV show. Um, yeah. You know, because apparently she's co-starring in the Captain Marvel sequel because, you know, they changed the name for her. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm intrigued. I know the Avengers game sucked, but it had that character <laughs> at the forefront of the story. So it'll be yeah. interesting to see what they do with it in the show and how that connects to Captain Marvel. Because obviously it's it's like a high school girl who gets powers, yeah. and somehow that's going to connect to Captain Marvel who's in space. Yeah. <laughs> so they gotta do some they gotta do some finagling here, um, in the show. My guess, if I just had a guess, and you know, I, I said I'm not in the business of doing theories anymore because I just always uh, upset myself. Is what's her name? Um, I can't think of her name right now. Monica? Photon. Not Photon. Yeah, Monica Rambo is probably going to tie into Miss Marvel. I mean, that's pretty much confirmed, but at the end, it's going to be like, let's go get her or something, and she's going to fly to space or something. I don't know. Something like that. I, I would be shocked be if Monica bridge. doesn't show up in the show. Mm-hmm. I agree with that for sure. She um, doesn't have to be a main thing. It could just be at the end, like kind of how the scroll went up to her. It could kind of be the same thing, like, hey, blah, blah, blah. Let's go see her. Let's go see your hero. And that'll be some funny scenes, whether they meet in the show, Miss Marvel, or they meet in the, the future movie, the Marvels. Um, just kind of like that fangirl superhero narrative. It's kind of like the Tom Holland Spider-Man, but a little bit more like actual like fan. Um, so they yeah. can do some funny stuff with that. 
kind of reminiscent of Civil War where, you know, Tony Stark shows up. He's like, Whoa, what are you doing here? Like, that'll be to the next level. Um, yeah. <laughs> it'll be great. It'll be great. I'm excited. Yeah. And then Ant-Man and the Wasp. I mean, cool. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Those movies just haven't been fantastic. And then Guardians 3 is going to be great, as always. Is James Gunn already attached to that? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I wasn't the, sure. That's the same people, same everything. He's finishing his trilogy. Um, they didn't announce it. They're also filming the Christmas special, which goes alongside this. So Christmas 2023, uh, will be oh, the guardians okay. Christmas special. Um, I, it, that'll be funny. I don't, I don't even know. Like, is that just a small little thing? Like, yeah, it's just, see, like, it, it's just going to be Christmas? something small for Disney plus, And it's going to be the characters and just like a ha ha little, I, I don't think it'll have any, any big influence on the MCU. It's just supposed to be a fun little add on with the characters. Is Mephisto going to be in it? Like fighting Santa Claus? Fuck. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they have some sort of jokes like that in it. It's James Gunn. <laughs> I don't think it'll have any impact on like the mainline MCU or whatnot. It should just be fun stuff for the fans. Yeah. Um, Ant-Man and the Wasp, like you said, you know, they the first one was okay. Second one, definitely not a fan of it. But hopefully they can set up big MCU stuff with Quantumania. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. You know, hopefully at least we get that out of it. I always love seeing Paul Rudd. The movies aren't great, but he is. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, um, man, Marvel fucking content. Now we gotta we gotta pinpoint this and like based on their release schedule and what movies come out when and everything. What is the next direction they go in? Because there's gotta be there's gonna be a team up movie, and whether that team up movie's in 2024, 2025, um, it, you know remains to be seen. But there is going to be a team up at some point. Obviously, you can maybe say Fantastic Four, maybe who. Here's a theory, Ty. Talk to me. Fantastic Four is like their their Phase Four team up. Phase Four, Fantastic Four, and they introduce. <laughs> I don't think they would actually do this. this. Is just me spitballing. They introduce each member of the Fantastic Four separately in different movies. Boom, they come together in a Fantastic Four movie, team up movie. Okay, I would have really liked that theory if they would have you know done Reed Richards and WandaVision. <laughs> if they would have started that individual, uh, yeah, <laughs> introduction. However, I just don't see that happening. Yeah, uh, I don't either. I, I don't know what they do, because obviously Black Widow is going to continue to build the, the U.S. agent villain team. Yeah. Um, Shang-Chi, maybe, also. And mm-hmm. then, depending on what happens in the TV shows, how they continue to build it. But then you look at Eternals, Doctor Strange, Thor, um, the Marvels. That all feels like outer space stuff that wouldn't be bad guy team up. Um, Ant-Man and the Wasp, probably not. Guardians, no. Um, Black Panther feels like it'll be contained. Yeah, not every single movie has to lead into this bigger picture. I mean, you think of like, I don't know, like Thor Ragnarok doesn't, I get, you could say in the grand scheme of things, you know, um, the planet being destroyed that I can't think of right now, uh, kind of leading to Thanos being finally attacked. Asgard, yeah, because Odin's not there. And then you have the end credit scene. But there's movies that, you know, Doctor Strange... It's, you know, a uh, origin story movie. That doesn't necessarily – it do, well, no, even that does because the time zone. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> It'll be interesting. I, I think if we're looking at it for the next big team-up type movies, um, Eternals, Thor, maybe Doctor Strange. Um, I feel like Doctor Strange may be more wrapping up the Wanda storyline mm-hmm. than building. Uh, but mm-hmm. Eternals, Thor, the Marvels, and then Quantumanium – We'll probably will get like the big bad for the next team up in one of those films. Yeah. Um, 
a lot of people I know have said Quantumanium, like King the Conqueror from the, mm-hmm. the Quantum Realm. That could be the next yeah. big bad. So maybe there's teases of it and other stuff. And Ant Man's where he like the character officially gets um, revealed, and then a movie following Guardians Three that has you know not been released yet. Um, the mm-hmm. the title or date that's their team up that they're waiting on right after that. Well, one movie that we are overlooking that I just thought of right now as we're recording is a uh, Captain America Four, which was obviously confirmed oh, yeah. after Falcon and the Winter Soldier wrapped up. Um, that hasn't been given a date. I would assume it's after all this if they haven't given it a date yet. Um, so how that ties in as well, I don't know. You know, maybe that could be after a team up movie. That could be before. All they did was announce it is going to happen. So there's yeah. a lot. There's a lot. It'll be interesting to see. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see where they go. But they definitely said Fantastic Four after this, Jay. Did they? Did they for sure say that? Well, they finished with it. So you're taking that as that is the next movie after Guardians? No. What? No, I'm not. Oh, but okay. <laughs> I am tying it in, if we're done with Marvel, to our next bit of talking. Mm-hmm. Um, Fantastic Four has been done multiple times. And they're yes. doing it for a third time. The second time they did Fantastic Four for a team. Yeah. Um, it was a really yeah. shitty movie with good actors. If I'm not mistaken, it is like the second lowest uh, movie in our movie ranking scale history. It is. Only recently beaten by uh, Thunder Force. <laughs> oh, no. I It tied with The Last Airbender. And then Thunder Force, Thunder Force took home the trophy. Here um, we go. <laughs> but Michael B. Jordan and and the other white guy. Both in Fantastic ben, Four and Ben McDonald and Ben McDonald, yes. Um, both he in Tom like Clancy's in this movie. <laughs> I, I had to stop the movie and tell Victoria. It just every time I see that man on screen, he could do whatever for the rest of his career. It's just Ben. <laughs> the fact that the first film I saw him in, he looks exactly like our friend named Ben and plays a character named Ben. It will never get out of my brain. <laughs> uh, without remorse, though, is the movie you're alluding to. Tom Clancy's Without Remorse. Um, do you have the synopsis for us, Ty? Oh, you know I do, Jay. Let's hear it. John Clark, a Navy SEAL, goes on a path to avenge his wife's murder only to find himself inside of a larger conspiracy. Okay, so two, a few things I want to touch on before we get into the movie itself. Um, Tom Clancy is a real person. Did you know this? No fucking chance. He's an, he's an author. He, this is a book based off a book written by Tom Clancy. And all the video games and stuff are based off of, like, stuff he's done. His books. Yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) Um, Wow. I I didn't know that. Like, the Jack Ryan series, Splinter Cell, that was the games. Um, The actual, the second book in this book series, what is called the John Clark series, is actually called uh, Rainbow Six. So I don't know if that inspires the Rainbow Six Siege. Is that Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege? It is. It is Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege. So I'm sure that might have some sort of, um, you know connection i wasn't i didn't know that i was i told Riley, I was like tom clancy's a real person she's like yeah he's an author i was like i didn't know that i thought he was fake oh yo and they set something up at the end that very much could lead to a rainbow six siege movie what was that spoilers obviously heavy spoilers movies. he was trying to set up a team at the end rainbow six is about a team of people going oh, in and doing shit. oh yeah yeah i didn't even think about that yeah so they're maybe try to they're doing this movie that way they can make a Rainbow Six movie and then all the, the video game people are like, oh, Rainbow Six. Just make money off the name. And like obviously it's not gonna be the game fucking round based shit. Yeah. But it'll be a team extracting shit with terrorists. And they can <laughs> yeah. call it Rainbow Six and make a little extra change on it. Get more interest. There you go. 
Um, yeah, Rainbow Six 1998 released to coincide. Oh, released to coincide with the video game of the same name. So Ra- Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege was a video game that released in 1998. Um, Clark and Chavez, who is now Clark's son-in-law, lead an elite multinational anti-terrorist unit that combats a worldwide genocide attempt by eco-terrorists. Yeah, they're there. This is this is for sure. Um, and I also I was doing some research on Mr. Clancy because some of the stuff in this movie um, I didn't love at the end, which we'll talk about. Um, kind of a controversial figure. Um, on September 11th, oh no, so okay, a week after the September 11th, 2001 terrorist attacks on the O'Reilly factor, Clancy suggested that the left-wing politicians in the United States were partly responsible for the failure to prevent the attacks due to their gutting of the CIA. Okay. Um, and on September 11th, he also said that Islam does not permit suicide and some other things, trying to blame other stuff. Um, Yeah. Just not so, not a good time for him right around 9-11. Yeah, he was kind of blaming other people, I guess. I don't know. Uh, he died in October of 2013, and I was actually looking at the original Without Remorse book because, I mean, not the book itself, but just the Wikipedia synopsis, and because this is obviously a more modern movie, and this book came out in 1993, so I was like, okay, how does that work out? And the original book takes place in the 70s, um, and it's like Vietnam War. It's not even close it doesn't even sound like very close um, to being the same movie, but I did want to read you this paragraph um, <laughs> about his wife. Well, this is just paragraph on Wikipedia about his wife, Pam, in the book itself. Okay. Um, so I'll just read you the first paragraph of the plot synopsis on Wikipedia. Just good old book reading with Jason today on today's pod. In 1970, former Navy SEAL John Kelly, who recently lost his pregnant wife, Patricia, in a car accident, picks up a hitchhiker named Pam, Pam, on his way home to Battery Island in Chesapeake Bay. They quickly become lovers, and over time, Kelly discovers her full name, Pamela Madden, and that she is a runaway who became a drug mule and prostitute. She has recently escaped from her drug dealer slash pimp, Henry Tucker. Kelly, along with the help of Dr. Sam and Sarah Rosen, help re- rehabilitate her from her from barbiturate. I don't know, it's some drug, I looked it up. Weeks after recovering, Kelly and Pam go to Baltimore for a follow-up treatment and pass through a neighborhood where her pimps work. One of them recognizes Pam and pursues them in a car chase. And this is terrible, this next sentence. I can't believe this is in a book. Kelly is gravely wounded by a shotgun blast while Pam is recaptured and later tortured, gang-raped, and killed. Jesus Christ. That was the original subject material. I feel like they went the right direction changing the subject material a little. (laughs) But, like... Just the fact that they looked at that subject material and was like, hey, let's make a movie out of this. <laughs> <laughs> like, people need to see this. They don't need to read this. They need to see this. Uh, I read that, and I was like, oh, my God. That is just not even close to what happened. And then it's a bunch of stuff about the Vietnam War and all this stuff and yada, yada, yada. But that first paragraph, I was like, what the hell? They did a good job switching it up. But, like, um, in the movie itself, it's obviously all connected. And this, like, that has nothing to do with anything with war. Unless maybe later on it does. I don't know, but... Uh, I yeah, I... <laughs> That's a great question. This felt like it was, like, a story from a long time ago, too. Like, you know, Cold War era written story. Just because yes. of the Russian villains. Mm-hmm. Um, But that doesn't sound like that was even the point of the, the book. Well, though so I... One of the things I didn't like at the end was kind of, again, spoilers, was they 
We'll talk about it in the plot story a little bit more, but I didn't like that whole Russia. We need an enemy. We're enemies with ourselves kind of tie-in. I, don't know, I thought it was stupid. Um, but yeah. looking at his his bibliography, Tom Clancy, a lot of like anti – I don't want to say anti, but like targeting kind of fears in the American people back then. Um, his first book was about, I'm pretty sure, communism. It was the first book in the Jack Ryan um, okay. series. I'm trying to find his bibliography again. The Hunt for Red October is what it is called. Okay. Um, and a lot of his books, they're just like war books based on just like, you know, American um, enemies or whatever, you know, as real or fake as they are. Um, so that kind of thing tied into this. Yeah, I mean, that that makes sense. You know, even if you look back at like old action movies and shit, it's always like the Russians and then it was always the Middle East and then for a little while there it was like South Korea or North mm-hmm. Korea, whichever one we don't like. Um, yeah, North. <laughs> you know, they they very typically in this kind of shit use that. So it doesn't surprise me at all. It just feels like the Russian the Russian villain um, route is outdated a little. So I felt like this was an older story. Yeah, and that's what all of his stuff was, even up until his death. Really, it was um, just kind of anti, you know, anti uh, communism enemies, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and to release this movie at this time where, I mean, I think the world is okay right now, hopefully. I mean, I know North Korea just kind of threatened us, and that's a little scary. I don't like to think about it. Um, but, like, I don't know. Does a country like Russia look at this movie like, wow, these assholes? I mean, I guess they kind of made America look a little bad. I by was going to say, I, I feel like they kind of backpedaled like America's the bad guy here, actually. Oh, Tom Clancy would be pissed. That's Yeah, that's not what this. he stands for. <laughs> Um, so yeah, this movie, and I told you this before, as we get into our Pat Penny movie ranking scale is the first half. This was a tale of two halves for me. And maybe it's because I watched the first half, went to bed and then picked up the movie at a later time. Um, the first half was wildly entertaining to me. The second half, I was a little bit disappointed by, um, I thought some of the action was still good and whatnot, but I thought the first half, it it, it told a more compelling story and I thought it was going in a compelling direction. And then it kind of went back on me the second half um you know first half was very law-abiding citizen-esque which is the reason why i think i liked it so much <laughs> okay <laughs> um you know he obviously you know his, his family gets killed and he, you know he gets his revenge lights the car on fire and gets into the car it's just the most um, badass shit i've ever seen and i love the fact that the guy inside the car is like oh i'm trapped i can't get out and he just walks up and opens the <laughs> other door <laughs> like this guy's sitting in a burning car just keeps trying the one door that smashed up against the car it doesn't try the other door <laughs> in the same row that he's sitting in yeah um, for sure fucking awesome um, scene though <laughs> i think that the turning point of the movie was I, th- I think once they started their mission once he got out of prison because that prison scene where all the swat guys came in and he beat the shit out of like six swat guys fucking that was cool. even bitching fucking um, cool scene but there was cool stuff afterwards but after that point, it turned more into like this. It went away from this like without remorse, man on a mission kind of you know story into more of like kind of just like a warry kind of you know mission. I don't know. It's just like more of a war movie at that point. And I know that's kind of what the subject material is. I'm just not a big war movie buff as, I, as I've mentioned before. So I think that's where the turn happened for me personally. Uh, yeah, no, because you know it opens up with him and his team doing a mission. Um, mm-hmm. to get a hostage back. And that part, like, okay, yeah, but, you know, I'm, I'm with you. That's not my favorite thing is, like, team military go-in type shit. And that's how it ends, too. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't love the beginning. I don't love the end. But that fucking that whole chunk in the middle, it's not necessarily a tale of two halves for me. It's the middle cut of the movie is fucking fantastic. Yeah, and it, it almost feels like this is what I thought of when I was watching it. And I wanted to bring it up. I'm thank God I remembered. It felt like I watched like a, a four episode miniseries, and there was like four different thirty minute episodes, maybe okay. a little bit shorter. But it was like, I mean, may, they could have expanded like the beginning mission because that didn't last very long. So maybe that's not a full episode. But it's almost like you could have done a full episode of that beginning mission, a full episode of his family getting killed or whatever, a full episode of him getting his revenge, maybe a full episode of getting out of prison, whatever. And then that last kind of mission or no, that that last mission could be a full episode. And then that six, you know, the final act where he's getting revenge on the senator, whoever, you know, Department of Defense, whatever that guy was. Um, like extend that almost, out. Yeah, I almost felt like it was like. And that was kind of part of my problem with this movie, and you'll see it in my score. It just felt like multiple pieces of a movie of something bigger kind of split. And I don't know. I think if they would have had more time with it, maybe it could have been you know better. Um, but it just felt like like six different acts in one almost. I don't entirely disagree with that. Um, but for me, it was the action scenes that kept me interested the entire time. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. You know, it, it, again, it'll show in my score. There's parts of this I didn't like, and there's parts of this I really liked. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of felt like that was the kind of movie. I think there's potential for it to be a, a better movie. Um, mm-hmm. But I think what they ended up with was still fairly good. Okay. Um, well, let's get into it, Ty. What did you give plot slash story? Only gave it a 12. <laughs> you say only. I gave it less. Okay. Well, what'd you give it? I gave it a 9. Okay. I, I didn't hate that there was an attempt to s- kind of switch up on the audience. You feel like it's one thing, and then that final act comes, and no, it's something else. They just want us here and want us to die. And now yeah. our whole thing is we don't have an enemy. It's just surviving and getting out. Yeah. Um. I kind of liked what they were attempting to do. Yeah, I. it, it was good, and... In theory, and it wasn't kind of a cookie cutter thing. They did try something new. It just felt so, and this is why I gave it minus points because towards the end, it was almost like I was just like rolling my eyes. And it was like, like it, it. I don't know. It just turned into this whole political. You know, the the country's divided, and you know they hate each other, so they need a common enemy. And it just became something like, I, I don't know. I just don't think they put it together as much as they should have. Um, they teased, you know, they don't have to make the guy bad, but they teased, you know, uh, Ritter, Riddle, Ritter whatever that ben. was um yeah ben from fantastic four they teased him being the bad guy then he wasn't um and you know we got a little bit of michael b jordan getting revenge there at the end and everything i just the motives i don't know i, I was just kind of upset with the motives and i think i was so enthralled by again the law-abiding citizen story arc <laughs> of a man on a mission revenge for his dead family it's a great fucking was- story arc to go off of it was like so personal and then it turned into this giant you know u.s versus russia thing that like you said felt outdated i just felt like they slightly missed the mark now nine's not terrible i just i don't know i I think i was maybe looking at more of what could have been (laughs) and that's fair um you know 12 still isn't a great score but for me it was so the movie happens and they do that first mission right and he's pissed off like you didn't tell us who these people were and then everyone's back home and i'm like these motherfuckers are going to die. And when the one, then that first guy goes and takes his trash out, I'm like, yeah. Oh, he's going to die. And then he gets ran over by a fucking van. And I laughed out loud. I was like, I didn't think he was going to die that way. <laughs> um, I was fucking, it was hilarious, but 
I was like, this fucking ran him over and kept driving. It reminded me of, like, old school where they fucking are hauling ass in the van and take out the trash can. Yeah. Um, it, it reminded me of that. But it was like, okay, this is very predictable. Like, we're going to see him. They're going to be hunting down the team. Something's going to happen to his family, and he's going to fuck up people and do it mm-hmm. without remorse. Um, <laughs> but so, you know, I was feeling it was going to be a very predictable cookie cutter movie. And then they, they tried to do something different. Um, yeah. It wasn't as straightforward as it originally was. Did they execute it great? No, but I'm going to give them credit for not just making a cookie cutter action movie and actually trying to have some sort of twist in it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think my problem too is it's such an outdated theory. I don't know. And then, like you said, like the whole Russia versus the United States, you know, trying to start a war for whatever reason. And then they tried tying that in with like a, a modern day actual problem of how our country's divided. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, well, that'll make it topical. It's like, they could have done this grander scheme of things, but kind of still, you know, done whatever with it. So, yeah, it was it was a weird choice. I'm just I, I think the the slight difference is I'm giving them credit for trying to do something. Yeah, different. That's fair. Um, still not a great score, though. Um, That's fair. Next up, we have cinematography. Jay, what'd you give it? So. This started lower than I actually gave it, but then I kept thinking of the parts of this movie that I did like how were filmed, and it, it bumped it up because there was parts of this movie I didn't like. I thought kind of that last mission where they're in like that battle with the sniper, it just felt a little too dark. I I, I mean I watched on my phone. I don't know if that's part of the problem. <laughs> my phone my phone was full brightness though. Okay. But it just felt kind of dark and it was like hard to see some things, and I was like kind of didn't like it. But then I thought about all the cool scenes I liked in it, and that bumped it up. I gave it a fifteen. All right. Um, I don't know if it was necessarily the phone. I think it was a dark setting at the end. Um, but watching it on a TV and whatnot, I had no problem seeing um, everything okay. that was going on. Uh, I gave it a 17. Okay, um, that's fair. That's I really, much higher than me. I really liked what they were doing in this movie with the different um, different scenes and stuff. Um, I, you know, we were talking beforehand. There's the scene where the plane crashes and he's going to get like the he's got to get his shit or whatever, you know, the stuff for the mission. And he's mm-hmm. going through the, the the seating area of the plane, and the plane is rotating as there's water. And it's very, very clear that, like, that was a practical shoot thing. Like, they yeah. had the seating area of a plane in a tank of water on a track rotating as he walks through it. And that was a fucking cool shot. I've never seen something yeah. like that. It was kind of like um, Inception, where he's like, mm-hmm. you know, there's the hallway scene, but this is... You yeah. know, involving water and shit, too. And I was like, that's cool. That's got to be really hard to shoot. And I liked how that was shot. Um, they had a couple of different scenes like that where I just liked how it looked. And it was unique for an action movie. Yeah. And the one I I really, like, remembered was, you know, when his, his family gets shot, unfortunately. But um, he shoots the guy or they shoot each other. And they're both kind of laying there with bullet holes, like, wheezing at each other. But there was the, the, um, flashlight. the flashlight on the floor. And it was, like, slowly rotating. And it was important because it allowed the guy to, like, see his face or whatever, um, which, you know, came back later in the movie. But it was, like, it was slowly. And it was kind of, like, suspenseful a little bit. You know, it was, like, it was spinning. And you would see Michael Jordan's face grimacing. And then the whole thing was dark. And then it would spin. And it would have light on the other guy's face. I just thought that was, like, a natural and realistic way. Kind of going on top of, like, I don't know how influenced they were by, like, the Splinter Cell game series. Um, You know, yeah, it's Tom Clancy, but it's a different property. But that's very much, like, spy you know, night vision, all that kind of stuff, but it was dark. And then you had the flashlight. It was just a natural way to kind of pull that off, see the guy's face. You know, that's an important plot point moving forward. And it just looked badass. I've, I've never seen that done. So 
I, I definitely agree. Um, I, I thought that looked fucking fantastic. Um, and the way they did that. And just even that whole scene of him going throughout the house, having the flashlight, but still wanting to be inconspicuous and just like quickly on off, on off. Yeah. So you just get flashes of shit, like him looking for stuff and then back to, you know, hidden in the dark. Like I, that whole scene was great. Um, mm-hmm. You get action movies where it's just like, we're going to throw guys on screen and they're going to fight and that'll be good enough. Um, yeah. This wasn't that. They took their time and had some really cool shots in it. Yeah, and some of the, you know, I'm not a big, like I said, war movie guy shooting at each other kind of action movie. Um, and that had the, you know, second half of the movie had more of that. And that's why I think I didn't like it as much. But there was still some hand to hand combat in that second half. You know, the scene where the girl goes to the sniper's den and, you mm-hmm. know, they're fighting or whatever because their gun, you know, freezes or whatnot. Um, very intentionally put there because you can't have too much just gunfire going on. You want to have that scene break. Um, more of it in the first half, though, that I really liked. You know, yeah, they shot each other in the house, but. You know, he had the the scene where he lights the car on fire. You know, that's badass. Like you said, <laughs> this is so um, fucking cool. That's so fucking cool. <laughs> the prison scene. You know, when he the six SWAT guys yes. come in and he wraps his hand up, and of course, I got to give it points because Michael B. Jordan took his shirt off and wet himself. You Dude's know, I was, fucking you know, jacked. Just I the was, perfect you know. human being. <laughs> um, sexiest man in the world, or whatever, twenty twenty or twenty twenty one, one of the years he won it, and um, deservingly so. <laughs> But just beats the shit out of him. Now, that scene also made me laugh. Like, I appreciated the action, but it was just funny. Like, they send a SWAT team in there, but then, like, five minutes, not even five minutes, 30 seconds later, like, one of the government people shows up, like, hey, we're letting you out. Like, what was the point of the SWAT team? (laughs) Like, did you need the SWAT team in there to forcibly tell him he's going to be free? (laughs) Like, come on now. Such a badass, though, to beat up six SWAT team guys. Like, that's one of those things you kind of roll your eyes at. Like, all right, I don't care how good this guy is. He's not fucking beating up six SWAT team members, but it was cool nonetheless. I'm not complaining. No, I liked it, and I liked the the setup for it where he's like, I'm going to get in a fight. Fucking wraps his hand up, covers himself with water so he's slippery, fucking floods the floor and gets ready to, like, you know, have them not have a stable surface stand on. I was like, this is just, like, this is a smart motherfucker that they're setting up here. Like, he knows what he's doing, and he's a badass, and he just beats the shit out of six guys. <laughs> like, yeah, it was fun. Um, it was fun shit. Yeah. He, he was a badass in this movie. He was built up like a, like a super badass. Um, with that. Key elements. Yeah, with yeah. that. Key elements. Um, um, <laughs> kind of the classic. I gave it as the same as visual slash cinematography. Um, I gave it a 15. Um, I did the exact same thing as you here, Jay, and I gave it a 17. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I guess you could make the point that maybe it deserves a little bit of down points because of the whole kind of political thing they're trying to do at the end. And I'm not trying to say it's political, like in today's realm. I'm not trying to say that. I'm just saying political in general, kind of adding politics to it. I yeah. don't know. Um, you could deduct it for that, but I thought the action was fine. I thought, you know, Michael B. Jordan, any points you would take off for that, you would just add for Michael Jordan being a badass in this movie. Um, and I thought this was the movie they're trying to make. It is a dad action movie at the end of the day. It's not, a great plot. It's not, you know, this or that. I'll talk about some other things. But in terms of dad action, that's what it was. Absolutely. Um, like I said, they tried with the plot. That's not the fun part of this movie. That's not what they are going for with this movie. I, I appreciate them trying. But they knew they were just going to have a few fucking awesome action sequences and just have a guy beating the fuck out of someone for two hours. Um, yeah. <laughs> and he was beating the fuck out of people for about two hours. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, Riley, text your dad. See if he liked the movie, if he watched it. I mean, that Joe just feels like the target audience for this movie <laughs> and my dad. And, you know, and I'm sure my dad would there, love it as well. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure there's there is better versions of this. There is better versions of the action dad movie. I mean, 
I don't remember what I gave it, but Outside the Wire, that was a really fun movie that I, you know, spoiler, got I think a little bit of a higher score than this at the end of the day. Um, and there's better examples. Law Abiding Citizen, I would say, is a better example of a dad action movie. Um, but this still did, did its thing, and it was good. So um, Again, not, not giving away scores. Outside the Wire, very, very accurate comp for me. Okay. Okay, <laughs> I got to go look at our, our, our rankings, and I've been walking around my hotel room. I like it. It's sit back down. <laughs> I like it. It's a it's a action. You know, it's a dumb action flick, and you're gonna be entertained. Um, we just had Mortal Kombat, which was kind of different. It was more cheesy, you know, unrealistic dumb action flick. This was more man on a mission slash military movie action flick. Yeah. Um, it was just a fun watch, man. Everything they did, the different scenes and stuff, like they it, there was cool, unique action, and I think the reason kind of both of us don't love the beginning and end is there was cool unique hand-to-hand man on a mission action whereas mm-hmm. the beginning and end felt more cookie cutter military mission action yeah it wasn't unique cool fighting scenes it wasn't a dude beating the fuck out of a riot team in a prison cell you know yeah. it was just we're on a mission we're going to be getting shot at we're tied down being shot at time yeah. to figure out how to get out um, we've seen that plenty of times before um, yeah, and it, yeah, and there's better examples of that too. So yeah, so seventeen. What I liked about this movie, I really fucking liked, and the other parts were okay. Um, it mm-hmm. could be better, but seventeen's great fucking score. Yeah, I mean your score is tracking to be much better than mine. Um, characters tied. Now, this might sound a little. I don't want to say controversial. That's not the right word here. Hypocritical, considering what I just said about you know Michael B. B. Jordan being a badass in this movie. Um, but I only gave, and I'm going to say, open for improvement if you could talk me out of it. I only gave this an 11. Okay. Um, I gave it, give it a 13. Two points higher. Okay, so that's pretty much the, been the difference this whole time. <laughs> yeah, I'm just slightly a notch above you on most categories. Yeah. Um, for me, it was Michael Jordan. I think it was a good performance. He felt like Michael a badass. Michael B.B. Jordan. Michael B. Is it B.B.? B. It's B. Jordan, but we... You don't remember? Oh, that the joke B version. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Thank you for that. I've been calling him that the entire time. <laughs> I didn't notice. Um, <laughs> um, he felt like a badass in this, and I liked that that prison scene where it was like he's setting up. He knows exactly what he wants to do. He's smarter than all these motherfuckers, and he's gonna beat the fuck out of them. Yeah, um, you know, and him climbing into a burning car that he set on fire that makes him a badass. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, with um, that being said, I liked the girl. Um, that he saves at the beginning and ends up, you know, working for the was that CIA yeah. or whatever. I like her character, mm-hmm. and I liked um his name's Jamie Bell. Is it is it Rid- Ritter? Riddle Ritter I Ritter. I really liked his character because he was a fucking asshole, and I really expected him to be the villain, and he yeah. just wasn't. And it was just a well written kind of you know spin. I feel like. Um, okay, <laughs> this just in. Um, Riley's dad needs to be canceled. Oh, what do you say? It's not cancelable. Should I read this on the podcast? Uh, he said the movie was okay. The girl being the head seal was kind of weird, but I really liked the actor. <laughs> I didn't even um, think she was the head seal. I feel like Michael Jordan was the one giving out all the fucking orders. Um, see, my thing with all these points almost went to Michael B.B. Jordan. I didn't like the side characters as much. I thought, so, you know, Michael B. Jordan... He was good in this. I, I've seen him better, though. And he was a badass, and he was awesome in that. Um, I give that a little bit more key elements. I, I just, I've seen him a little bit better, and I don't know if it was the writing or what. Um, 
I, I don't know. I, I just think it was an action movie. They didn't need him to be this deep character because we've seen versions of him where he plays an a- in an action movie. You know, and this is not a fair comparison sometimes, but like Black Panther, where he's in an action movie, but he's also a very compelling character. He had compelling yeah. things, you know, with his family and whatnot. Um, I just, I think it's graded on a curve, and that might not be fair, but I've just seen him be so good, and that kind of, I don't know. But he gets most of the points anyway. See, he gets most of the points in my eyes. Uh, I didn't really like the side characters as much. I thought the girl was fine, but not, you know, not mem- not memorizable. I can't talk right now. Memorable? Memorable. <laughs> That's the first thing go. She was fine, but not memorable. I feel like you could have put anyone in that role. I thought, you know, Ben from Fantastic Four was also fine. Again, could have put anyone in that role. And he was probably the second best character, but I still didn't necessarily love him. And then the whole kind of, there wasn't really a villain. It was this guy. And I don't want to grade it against that, but then I didn't, I don't know. I just felt like it was... And it, it was. It was a Michael B. Jordan movie with fill-in-the-blanks Mad Libs around him. And I personally just, I don't know, I didn't love it as much. That's, love them as much. That's fair. Um, I, You know, it's not comparable to Killmonger and Black Panther. He's so much better yeah. than Black Panther. Um, the character's so much deeper. His performance's so much better. Yeah. But for what movie they are trying to create, I feel like the character in this film was exactly what they needed. Um, You know, a badass who had a reason to fucking do what he's doing and was very, very smart and showed that he was very smart and capable of what he was trying to do. Um, yeah. The other girl, I, she just kind of kept it grounded, like the, mm-hmm. the emotional part of it to where, like, there was that connection. And then yeah. I, most of the points that kind of brought it up from maybe, would you give an 11? Yeah. I think the difference is I really like Jamie Bell's character. Yeah. Um, Ritter. I feel like he was a fucking asshole, and I, I was like, oh, this guy's definitely the fucking bad guy. And then when he doesn't get on the plane and the plane blows up, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. for sure. But then it, like, flips, and it's like, no, he's really not. Like, um, I liked what they yeah. did with that character, and that's probably the two-point difference between you and me. Yeah, I just – and I think that was part of the problem with the plot now that we're circling back to it. But, like, they – obviously they wanted to set him up being the bad guy, and then he kind of wasn't the bad guy, kind of the twist. Again, you gave points for that. That's fine. But, like, some of the things that they did set up, like, weren't explained. Like, him not going on the plane. Or at least I might have missed it. Like, why didn't he go on the plane? You know what I mean? That's fair. They didn't. They did not explain it. Like, they gave him kind of dirty intentions. And the other things that they meant, like, Michael B. Jordan mentioned when he was saying, this guy's bad. You know, he did this, he did that, he did this. And it's like, okay, he's not bad. But he still did all those things with, like, literally zero explanation. And it was like, so, was that just was the reason he did that because he knows he's a movie character and he wanted to pretend to be the villain. Like, you know, I, I think they could have explained that a little bit more, but I don't know. I'd say if I had to break it down, I'd probably give Michael B. Jordan like a seven and a half or a seven out of 10, which is still pretty high. And then the side character is like a three and a half, four. I just didn't love him as much. I don't know. He didn't have his Robin in this movie. He needed a Robin. That's fair. Um, I don't disagree with that. They, they didn't explain it as well um, as they could have. Mm-hmm. I, I will say, when it gets to the point in the movie, because I didn't realize this was the actor when he had all the gear on and shit, but when he finds the the quote unquote Russian operative or whatever who was actually CIA guy, yeah, um, killing his family, and it's revealed to be the guy. I don't know if you remember the scene from the other guys where he goes to see his like ex wife and it's the new husband, and he chases him down in the fucking car. Is that the same guy? It's the same guy. Because her name oh, is whatever the fuck. He's fucking hilarious. I laughed out loud that he was supposed to be playing the villain. 
That shit made me laugh so much. It's the same actor who it's like his ex-wife or whatever, and he keeps saying the name wrong. And he fucking screams at him and then runs him out of the house and then runs like 10 blocks or whatever behind them in the car. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's fucking hilarious in that movie. And he was supposed to be the, the, you know, creepy bad guy who's, oh, I'm going to kill myself for my country. Like, I just could not take him serious. Yeah, and okay, so that's a question I had. And maybe, I don't know, you clearing it up. I mean, I already gave my score. It's too late. But I fully didn't understand who that guy was. Like, I, I didn't know if he was actually CIA, if he was pretending to be CIA, if he was, like, what the fuck? I was very confused. I'm going to be honest. He was a CIA guy who did this mission to kill these people to get them in the other country to start the war. Okay. So were all those guys not real Russian guys? No. No, they were not. They are CIA people who were hired to kill the families or these people to make John Kelly and his team go to Russia to try and, and- quote, unquote, capture him. But really, gotcha. just get them there and kill them so there's dead U.S. soldiers on a mission in Russia to start the war. I would say, why doesn't the United States just declare war on Russia? But it's actually, there is kind of like some history on us trying to make everyone else look like the bad guy. So, yep. That's fair. That actually probably is pretty topical that they would try to have Russia be the ones to start it, even though they're kind of setting themselves up to look like the bad guy, are they not? Like, we found dead Russian soldier or dead American soldiers in a mission in Russia. Like, that kind of makes America look like the ones that were doing shit. Like, they could have just stopped it at, hey, these Russian people killed some Navy SEAL members. Like, that probably would have been their best bet just in terms of PR. So I think uh, they wanted Russia to declare war on them. But, like, why? (laughs) So they weren't the bad guys. We aren't trying to start a war. Russia's trying to start a war. We're defending ourselves. Mm, Yeah, Tom Clancy would not like that. (laughs) he he, He likes the practice of that, but... Yeah. Tom Clancy would rather roll up in his six inch lifted F one fifty chugging a beer with his AR out the window. Tom Clancy would like the reality. like he likes that if the United States got another country to declare war and they looked like the bad guys. He doesn't like the fact that in the movie the United States became the bad guys for that reason. Mm, yeah. That's no. what he doesn't like. Hates that part. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Tom Clancy. <laughs> um Enjoyment. I think I'm gonna bump it up one. Just talking about it, some of the badass scenes. I'm going to give it a 14. Same score I gave Venom for enjoyment. <laughs> I gave it a 15. <laughs> okay. Just a little higher than you. Originally two points higher, which was a, a theme until you bumped it. Um, it was, um, it it was, was fun. fun. <laughs> Go ahead. It was, it was a good movie. It was just, I don't, I don't want to say a good movie. It was fun. It was a turn your brain off dad action flick. This is a movie I would have loved to see in the theaters. Me and Ryan, there's actually a theater close to us. We were seeing if they were showing anything. Um, they're not really, unfortunately. If they would have been showing this movie, I think I maybe would have been five, six points higher. Maybe we would have had the exact same score. Um, and maybe that's just a TV to phone bump. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah. Um, but it, it was good. It was. It's not a movie. I will recommend it to my dad. I actually already have. Um, I will recommend it to any warheads I know. It's not a movie where in three months I'm going to be like, hey, remember that Without Remorse movie? Oh, my God. Like, maybe some of the scenes. But, you know. Yeah. Not the movie as a whole. Whereas the other movie I watched last night, preview next week, Mitchell's versus the Machines tie. Just a little bit of a spoiler. I've already done my movie scale. One of the highest grades I've ever given an animated movie, if not the highest. I'm not going to tell you either or. Okay. I'm excited. I don't know what our highest anim- Oh, our highest animated movie is currently Wally. We'll find out if it's better or not. Um, it, it's, it's a good movie. But this, this was a fun kind of dad flick. And that's fine. I'm on my way to eventually, not anytime soon, one day will be the target audience for this movie. 
I mean, I don't have a child, but I feel like I'm already the target audience. <laughs> I just live in that mindset. Because <laughs> I fucking love these dad movies, man. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, my final score tie is a... Uh, let me make sure I'm on the right thing. Same score I gave Mortal Kombat, 64. 64, okay. Those, those points added up quick because... My score um, to a category, 74, 10 points higher than you. Um, yeah. you, you said um, Outside the Wire was like a good comp. I gave yeah. Outside the Wire a 73. I gave this a 74. Okay, and I gave Outside the Wire a little bit higher. I gave it a 70. So, Yeah, just a little bit. So I, I, I feel like that was a very good comparison, close type movie where you have hand-to-hand action. There is a little bit of war scenes. Um, obviously that one was more weird shit going on with the robot. Um, yeah, but this is just a fun fucking movie. It wasn't meant to win awards or anything. It's just meant to be a fun action flick to turn on, watch someone kill people in cool fucking creative ways and have a blast doing it. And I had a blast doing it. Press enter on the scores. Shouldn't it auto sort? What? What is it? What is, oh, I was talking about the sheet cause it's still on the bottom. It's 41st. My bad. 41st. Yeah. That's Let what me... it is. No, you're good. 41st, uh, right ahead of the binge, 68.5. And right below Eurovision, 71.5. And so. outside the wire, also with 71.5. Very similar oh, movies. Yeah. Very similar. It is uh, within the lines of a 65 to a 79.5. Just barely. Below the line. Um, yeah, it was a fine movie. Look, I'm really excited for next week's time. I'm excited for you to watch this movie. I hope you find it as enjoyable as I did. Um, what, Mitchell's versus the Machines. It's on Netflix. It was supposed to be a theater release last year. COVID pushed it back. Some other things. Netflix paid 110 million dollars to get the streaming rights for it. Um, it's it's worth it. It was good. It's a good movie. Same people that did uh, Into the Spider Verse, Sony Animation Studios, whatever it is. Yeah, I heard nothing about this um, until you said you watched it and you thought it was fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. The acting cast looks great like the voice actors danny mcbride maya rudolph eric andre um Mm -hmm. chrissy teigen john legend apparently blake fucking griffin conan (laughs) (laughs) o'brien um this is it looks like a good time man looks like a lot of funny people um interesting animation a great score right now on rotten tomatoes metacritic imdb everywhere yeah um so that'll be next week i would say and i'm pretty sure it's the only one front runner animated picture of the year but that's because i'm pretty sure it's the only animated movie that's come out since the oscars that's probably accurate so there's a bold statement oh maybe if raya i don't know if raya raya probably counts Ooh. for next year because i don't think it was this year i don't want to say front runner our score will determine if it's the front runner so raya probably counts because it wasn't nominated and i'm sure it would have been nominated at the oscars if it was part of that last oscars sitting at an 86 that's a tough score to beat we'll see if it does it yeah, um, I'm excited, though. Uh, I just wanted to, to give a little update, too. Uh, you got anything else about the movie first? No, nah, man, go go for it. Um, just on vacation. I was going to start the pod with this, but I guess I'll end it. We just kind of powered um, through. We, we were just talking. Currently staring outside of, of my window, looking at Chicago. Um, we're kind of facing backwards, though, so I don't really, like, see anything. It's just like a little business plaza. <laughs> um, pretty cool. I'm a little I'm a little sad because, so right now, as I look out my window and I look up, oh, I don't like looking at the top of the tall buildings. That scares me. Um, <laughs> it's a little overcast. You would love the weather right now, Ty. It's overcast, slight breeze, about 63-ish degrees, just nice walking around. Weather. 69. We walked around, got lunch. 
Um, just beautiful. We're going to the Cubs Dodgers game tonight. So we're flying out of Minneapolis tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon to go to the mall of America and a twins game for like two days. Uh, the only day we could see the Dodgers play the Cubs was today because it's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday series based on how we planned everything out. And there is about a six hour, like severe thunderstorm that is set to touch down around six o'clock. It is currently what? Four 30 uh, central time four twenty-four. Um, so it's beautiful. It's been beautiful all day. It's been the weekend. It's the hottest weekend of the year thus far. It was like 81 last uh, yesterday. And that hot front just brought in a literal six hour thunderstorm that I think is going to cancel the game um, because it's the first game of the three game series and they all have night games so they could easily do a double header and the Dodgers have a day off after the series so they could easily do a double header on Wednesday and I'm just pissed off about it. That's that's brutal. That does suck. So once we, we hang up on this, we're probably going to go over there. The game starts at 640. Like I said, it's 420. Going to go over to Wrigleyville, going to walk around, do something. I don't know. Um, hope that, hope and pray that it doesn't hit it and doesn't cancel. When I looked at the weather, a lot of the thunderstorms hitting below what is the I-88, I believe, which is like literally parallel where we are. Wrigley's farther north, about five miles. Um, one site says the chance of rain at 7 p.m. is 91. One says it's like 60-something. So I don't know. I'm hoping, I don't know if in Chicago, if there's just light rain, if they play through it. Um, Cause they said the rain itself isn't going to be that high. Um, I mean, it said like up to a quarter inch. I don't, is that a lot of rain? I feel like it it's rain not. Where we live. I feel like you're just going to get to enjoy a nice little wet game at Wrigley. My problem is, is the thunderstorm. That's thunders lightning. Thunder's bad. Yeah. Um, and I guess there's a tornado warning in like central Illinois um, because how windy it's going to get. So that's fun. That's <laughs> <laughs> shit. not where we are, but um, well, that's fun. You're, aren't you getting on a plane soon? No, so that's the funny part is the weather tomorrow. It's literally, like I said, like a six-hour storm because by like 4 a.m. they said it's going to be like perfect again. It's going to be fine. And our flight's at like 1 o'clock in the afternoon. So it's just fucking up your chances of watching a baseball game, and that is literally it. It's a little-ass storm that's coming through. Yeah. Mm, That's tough. Yeah, and then Minneapolis, all the two or three days, whatever it is that we're out there, it's uh, supposed to be like 61 and just clear. So love that for me. Well, I hope I hope you get to enjoy a little little wet Wrigley baseball. Um, get to smell that wet ivy. That could be nice. Yeah, <laughs> that could be real um, nice, Jay. That could be. I just hope I get to see the game. Even if it's part of it. Uh, the Brewers Field, American Family Field, is what it's called now. I just call it Miller Park. That is the last time I'll refer to it as that other name. Um, that is one of the most underrated stadiums in baseball. I don't know if I just miss people talking about it. I don't know if people don't go to it because it's Milwaukee. It's about an hour and a half drive from where we are. Um, it was fantastic. I would say maybe top five that I've been to. I've been to 13 now, I believe. Um, I really liked it. I liked how the glass, you have like the glass and the, the retractable roof. It reminded me a lot of Chase Field in Arizona, the Diamondback okay. Stadium. Yeah. Um, and it was just great, man. Heckling some Brewers fans. We lost in extra innings. We left after the 10th inning. Um, we blew two leads in extra innings, and we <laughs> lost. Thank God I wasn't there for that because I was heckling <laughs> some people. Oh, yeah, that would have been um, brutal. And then guaranteed rate field, Chicago, the White Sox went to the game, sat nosebleeds behind home, last minute decision to go with cheap tickets. Actually didn't get to explore the park because they were like, I don't know if Wrigley's going to be like this, but the White Sox were very um, cautious with COVID. And they had like so many different gates you could walk through and different zones. And I was only allowed to move X amount of sections left or right. I wasn't allowed to go up or down the levels. Like they kept you very contained to where you were. 
That so fucking that was a sucks. little bit of a disappointment. Yeah, but at least we still got to go. I got to see the field at least. Watch some baseball. Yeah. yeah, it was nice. I didn't get a White Sox home run. I wanted to see the pinwheels light up. Um, besides that, though, it's been oh. a good trip. Chicago pizza is better than New York pizza, although I think I just like normal pizza. I don't think I'm a thin crust or a deep dish guy. I think I'm just a normal crust kind of guy. You're a Pizza Hut kind of guy? Yeah. I'm. Oh, Domino's. <laughs> um, what else happened? Oh, our plane flight here was terrible. Was it? Uh, that's the thing I wanted to tell you. Uh, so the plane boarded at, I believe it was like 210. Or the plane, plane was set to leave at 210. Excuse me. Okay. I was playing some slots in the Vegas uh, airport. And I thought boarding started at 210. And Riley's like, we should get over there. We should get over there. And I'm like babe it's like one it's like two o'clock boarding doesn't start for 10 minutes and the plane leaves at 210 and finally i'm like fine whatever let's go and we're walking back and as we're walking back to our gate we hear can jason reed and riley martinez please proceed the gate whatever we're trying to leave or whatever and we were like oh shit so right now because of covid they don't have uh assigned seating where you pick it before when you check in which sucks so it was just a free-for-all we were the last ones on the plane so we were on the second to last row of the plane um (laughs) They're not doing, like, the no-center divider. The plane was kind of packed. It honestly made me a little uncomfortable, if I'm being honest. Um, but apparently plane rides are safe. Everyone kept their mask on. I'm vaccinated, so I think I'm okay. But back of the plane, which is notably bouncier than the rest of the plane. Um, and it was a rough flight. Uh, <laughs> taken off, a little rough. Had a little bit of anxiety attack. I'm not going to lie to you all. And then it got smooth, and we were cool. And then we got around over Kansas area, and the pilot, and he's like, Hey, uh, it's been a smooth ride, but we're going to hit some turbulence. And then we hit some turbulence. Not too bad, um, but I was still a little scared because it's definitely worse in the back. Then we get about 15 more minutes of smooth. We started watching Crazy Stupid Love. And then the really bad turbulence hit for about 30 minutes. um, Oh, shit. Up until we started descending. And there was part of it where we were bouncing. And then there was a point where we were, like, bouncing. Then we stopped for, like, five seconds. And then it, like, dropped. Like, fucking Tower of Terror. And I swear, dude, I, I felt like we fell like a thousand feet. I looked it up. Planes never fall more than a hundred feet. So we probably only fell like 20 feet if we're being honest, Yeah. but it scared the shit out of me. Um, I had to pee the whole time. I was too scared to get up. Um, it was not a, and I I don't want to get on the plane tomorrow. I don't want to get on the plane home, but I have to, it was not a good experience. Well, your flight tomorrow will hopefully be short. Um, it is, it's only an hour and 20 minutes and that counts the whole takeoff and landing bullshit. So we're probably gonna be in the air for what 45 minutes yeah i i just really hope riley gave you a relentless amount of shit for uh sitting there playing your slots and not going to board <laughs> she actually didn't give me a lot of shit surprisingly that's, i thought she would yeah that's just a huge miss by her you just being the cocky it's fine we can wait and then having your name called over the intercom is fantastic that's just a fantastic <laughs> and i fucking paid for it with turbulence and you know me being the scaredy cat i was i asked the lady who was sitting next to riley um i was like because she lived, she lives in LA, uh, Vegas, but she used to live out here, and she has family out here. So she said she's flown back and forth a lot of times. I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "Is it always this bad?" Because we fly back, you know, out of Minneapolis in a few days or next week or whatever. And she's like, "Oh no, this is the worst flight I've ever been on." So <laughs> on one hand, I was like, "Well, fuck, I was on the worst flight this lady's ever been on. She's like in her fifties." But on the other hand, you know, hopefully that's the worst flight I've also ever been on. So <laughs> that's true, and you just made it much worse by being cocky and ending up at the very back of the plane. Well, let's just say tomorrow morning we're getting there extra early. I got to check my bag because I got my mini bats. They can't fly on carry-on. And we're fucking sitting right above the wings. That's what I read is the best spot. Time out. You can't have mini bats um, on carry-on? 
No, you can't. You have to. When we went to Seattle, I had to FedEx them home. Now, since we're flying Southwest, you could check the bag for free. So I'm just gonna check my bag. I I I love the thought of someone taking over an airplane with a miniature <laughs> Chicago White Sox bat. <laughs> well, I got three of them. So me, Riley, and someone else could. Fucking... <laughs> You're gonna fuck someone up with your one foot of wood. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. I think they're actually 18 inches high. But, oh, okay. My um, bad. They fit in the suitcase just perfectly, and yeah, so that sucks. That's funny. That's another line <laughs> I'm gonna have to sit in. Well, I uh, I hope your flight home's much better than your flight there. Oh, thank you. I hope so too. Um, and and hopefully you get a nice little wet Wrigley game tonight, Jay. I hope so too. I'll let you know. I'll I'll text you and keep you updated. All right. Um, everything else been good though, Chicago. Yeah, Chicago. Um. Where we're staying is really safe. We walked around like the Magnificent Mile and stuff, and I've never felt endangered. Um, I did see on the news this morning that there was 45 shootings over the weekend, but I think that's all in the suburbs. Oh, my God. Feels like um, a lot of shootings. Uh, <laughs> um, no, it's been cool, though. The first day we went to this museum, big-ass museum of like science and technology or whatever. Um, we were there for like three and a half hours. It was massive. Um, sucked, though. They, have a, they had a Marvel exhibit. Um, and we didn't buy tickets on time. Of course, my bad. I told Riley, I will just buy tickets when we get there. Tried to buy tickets the day before we flew out, and they were sold out for like the next two months. And she sent that to me about six months ago. Maybe not six months ago, about three months ago. That's tough. So there was big old signs and posters, like go to the Marvel exhibit. I had my fucking Spider-Man shirt on, and I just (laughs) felt like a fraud. I felt like a fucking fraud. You're just standing out front in full fucking Captain America cosplay, like, (laughs) what, I can't get in? (laughs) <laughs> so i didn't get to do that part of it and <laughs> this is how stupid i am we were walking by the lines to get into the second part of the exhibit or whatever and there was these guys with like marvel stuff and i saw them like looking at my spider-man shirt and as we walked by i, I fucking tell riley i was like wow that marvel exhibit was really cool because i didn't want them to know i didn't go in it <laughs> <laughs> so dumb <laughs> um but that was cool white Sox game was cool riley had a dutch baby which she said was the greatest thing she's ever eaten um I, what is that like a giant pancake bowl and it had like sugar and stuff inside of it um, i'll have her send you a picture yeah um yeah and then we did milwaukee and yeah it's been cool are you a chicago dog those were good so you're going to minneapolis now yeah tomorrow are you going to a twins game yes fuck yeah tell me how target field is that one looks really nice i will we're going to the twins game tomorrow actually after we land so Hopefully uh, Josh Donaldson hits a home run for my fantasy team. But I just feel like that that stadium just looks super fucking nice. We are sitting first row in the outfield, like right next to the bullpens, like left center-ish. So we're in prime home run territory. Okay. That's fucking great. Who are they so playing? I could be on TV. I hope I, I hope I like obstruct a ball. That's not going to be a home run. That's what I want to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and I want all the Twins fans to boo me. And I'll just stand up and like throw my hands in the air. I, I will say it's tough that you're watching a Twins-Rangers game because um, I don't think the Rangers can hit a baseball besides Joey Gallo, and that's going the opposite yeah. direction of where you are. Yeah, and J.A. Hop's pitching, and he's been really good this year, so it might be like a 2-0 to zero game. Just a snooze fest. That's okay. We'll enjoy it. Riley loves Target, Target Field. I'll get another mini bat that I have to check into my luggage. Take over It'll be good. Life. And then we got two days of Mall of America, which I feel like is one day too many. Um, that I mean, that sounds like two days too many for me, but <laughs> you love your malls. Um, 
Well, there's like four roller coasters, five roller coasters. There's like three mini golf places, a bunch of restaurants, a bunch of different things you could do. And if we run out of stuff to do, I'll probably just golf one day. So I don't know. It'll be fun. I'm kind of, I'm excited, but I'm also a little bit excited to go home to Maurice because I miss that little fucker. Yeah, it's it's real quiet. I've I've broken into your apartment to record, and there's just no puppy to give attention to. Yeah, it must be rough. I don't like it. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's my vacation. I'll update on our next episode of. Fuck, I don't know. I don't know if we're doing sports this week because I'll also still be on my vacation. I don't know if we record on Friday for sports. I will update the second half of my vacation on the next sports episode. All right, we'll see. Um, have fun though, Jay. Enjoy your flight. Thanks, Ty. Get there early Thanks, this time. Ty. I will, and I won't play slots because they don't have any. <laughs> All right, you got anything else? I don't. Um, next week, the Mitchells, Mitchells versus the Machines on Netflix. Yep. In the meantime, be a good friend, everybody. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.